0: We promised on last week's program uh, we'd be talking to our New York correspondent about some of what he's been up to on the Sirius Satellite Radio Network. And so without too much further ado, let's bring back to the program Stephen Valentino. Welcome back, Steve. It's great to be here, Doug. Now, uh, we should remind our listeners, many of them listening on KDVS and some on KZFR, depending on when this airs, that uh, you, you are a veteran of both stations. It's
1: true. I started out on KZFR and
0: then uh, was general manager of KDVS for two years. And you've been gone now about, what, two years? Two years, yeah. All right, which took you to New York City. New York City. <laughs> and uh, tell us a bit how the, what that's like. It's uh, a little
1: chaotic, and it feels good to be back. I realized how quiet things are here. <laughs>
0: Well, we did report in this program uh, the trip that I made here last April to oh, hang well. out with you and go to the Museum of Natural History, the UN, and other such things, so I think that we uh, have already given listeners a bit of a taste, I think, of what it's like there in the Big Apple. But You also yeah. told them how you showed up in New York without a hotel booked, right? <laughs> You know, I must say that uh, <laughs> your use of the iPod and, uh, and against, yes, I did, I think, mention the fact that I just said, you know, as you said, after you dialed all these numbers, I said, I'm going to start the list at the top again. I said, that's the dumbest idea I've heard all week, which, of course, you promptly proved me wrong. Not saying it's a precedent which we'll be trying to do here shortly again, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough. But we do need to actually talk about something that you uh, just had aired on on Sirius, and will be re-airing, and I think a lot of listeners are going to want to hear that, so why don't we uh, shamelessly promote that.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> should
0: I just get started then? Go, have okay. at it.
1: Uh, I put together a documentary for Sirius on uh, gays in the military. Um, as you know, yesterday, um, Wednesday, uh, the... Congress held hearings on the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy for the first time in 15 years. And I've been working on this documentary for about a year and a half, and once we got the tip that they were going to be holding these hearings, we rushed it to production. Um, It aired on Tuesday at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and it'll air again Saturday
0: on uh, Sirius OutQ 109 at 2 p.m. Pacific. I was kind of shocked to realize they are holding hearings for the first time since, what, 1993?
1: Yeah, since the first time it was enacted, uh, there's been an embargo on talking about it at a congressional level, um, and it's this is big news. And so there's a very likely chance that within the next uh, year, especially with a new administration coming in, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold hold the phone on. Oh, yes. Okay, well, no matter what, we'll get a new administration. Right, right. I mean, regardless, I mean, Obama has said that he's for repealing it. McCain has said that he is for don't ask, don't tell. But if the Democrats retain control of Congress, it's very likely that you'll see legislative action on this uh, within the
0: next year. Well, I'm a little surprised to see that it's it's July of, of 2008, and this has resurfaced. What prompted this? The military itself, as you
1: know, is having a really hard time finding people to, to meet their recruitment numbers.
0: There's um, been an excellent series in the B about about some of the people that have been in the military. Uh, we should we should plug as well. The McClatchy Paper's doing some good work on this. Right.
1: And over the course of the Iraq and Afghani and all the other wars that we're fighting right now, the numbers of discharges for people under Don't Ask, Don't Tell has... it's fluctuated. After 9-11 it dropped dramatically and now it's on the rise again and people in the Pentagon are finally coming to the realization that having gay people in the military really doesn't matter. And the culture itself is changing dramatically, both in the military and... uh, There was a poll that came out just uh, this past weekend that found that 75% of Americans favor letting gays and lesbians serve openly in the military. So really, the policy itself is kind of at odds with
0: where the culture is, both in the military uh, and at large. And do you know the numbers on this? I was reading something indicating something like, what, 12,000 people have been... Since
1: 1993, 12,000 people have been kicked out. Um, Although that doesn't really take into account the number of gays and lesbians who are currently in the military who, for whatever reason, are not choosing to re-enlist in the military when their tour of duty is up. There was an estimate, I I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think it was for every person discharged under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, another three choose not to re-enlist because of the policy. So you're, you're guessing about 40,000 people. Right. right. Well, there are estimated to be 65,000 gays and lesbians currently in the armed forces, which is equivalent to about twice the number of people we have in Ar- Afghanistan right now.
0: So it's a pretty sizable part of the military. I didn't, unfortunately, hear the documentary. Uh, oh, but, thank you. <laughs> sorry about that, <laughs> but okay. uh, what did you delve into? Uh,
1: well, the, the documentary itself focuses primarily on, because, I mean, it's very hard when you're doing something that's, you know, a 15-year-old wedge issue, like, how do you make it fresh? The angle that I really tried to explore was the ways in which the war itself in Iraq is changing the sexual politics of the military, particularly when it comes to sexual identity. And uh, so it chronicles the story of about six Uh, soldiers who fought in Iraq and Afghanistan and they just tell their own stories in their own words as to what they experienced and it also delves into policy into uh, legislation that's currently pending that would end the policy so it gives a
0: pretty broad tack on the issue and of these six soldiers that that featured in the in the piece, uh, are they all still active military? No, that was one of the problems that I had putting this
1: together. Is that you can't? I had to use retired people or people who had been kicked out under the policy, because no one who's currently in the military is going to talk about it. That would invoke
0: the ask, tell clause. Tell. Yes, <laughs> of don't ask, don't tell. Okay. So, so um, my guess would be there's a sense of optimism about this particular issue going forward in a in a sensible white manner.
1: It's always kind of a complicated issue, I think, for a lot of people on the left because, you know, there's a general feeling that, well, you know, although people support the military, some of our military's actions overseas, people have not been too happy with. So for a lot of people it can become a complicated issue, especially when people on the left in the gay rights movement are pretty staunchly anti-war. But, at the same time, the issue is intrinsically lo- linked to a lot of things revolving gay rights, particularly marriage. Because once the government recognizes gay people in the military, then it opens up the bag for a whole range of things. Um, you know, and this is something that we saw in the Civil Rights Movement as well, that once the military desegregated, things started to happen on that front as well.
0: Well, we need to talk about this issue. I think this, this other issue, uh, which we've talked about in this program before, the issue of gay marriage. I think I mentioned on last week's show, uh, going to a to a party and and, and having someone take me aside and expressed dissatisfaction with the opinion uh, voiced on this program, particularly, the person said because I expected to hear progressive viewpoints here on KDVS and on our show, and uh, all this fellow admitted that. He did like this show. He certainly didn't like my take on what was going on regarding gay marriage. And you and I have a differing of opinion on this. Can you give me, I, I know we do, but can you give me just a little bit of a refresher? <laughs> yes, I can. Please. I'd love to hear it. The position of moi as the host <laughs> of this program is that regardless of how you feel about this issue, right now, in an election year, is not a smart time to go forward pushing the issue of gay rights. We all hope, I think, I think you would agree with me, that we have some changes coming in Washington. And not just the John McCain-type changes. Rather, we hope that Obama wins because we right. expect good things to come of that. The seven-year experiment with Bush-Cheney didn't pan out. Oh, it's worked marvelously. What are you talking about, Doug? So we're looking for changes, but uh, I'm just, I am just think it's, it, from my perspective, a little odd that the issue of gay marriage, which surfaced, oddly enough, in the 2004 election cycle and did not help John Kerry has now popped up again. Well, okay. I mean, on the Kerry thing, I think that the
1: argument that's been put forward over the last four years that gay marriage lost the election for John Kerry is patently false. Um, John Kerry lost the election for John Kerry the marriage ballots played a role in certain swing states like Ohio. But at the same time, and a lot of research has shown that in those swing states even though an increased conservative base came out to vote for these ballot measures and of course those people would have voted for, for Bush, an equal amount of people came out up against them and voted for
0: John Kerry. So it was kind of a wash back and forth. I have not seen anything to support that assertion that there was an equal mobilization on the other side. Well I mean, I'm not. I don't know. I wasn't in Ohio. I, I, my take on this, I would just say, is that John Kerry, that that the gay marriage issue did not sink John Kerry in 2004, but it did not play well in a lot of key states that could go either way. And you mentioned Ohio. I'm sure it didn't help him in Ohio. I do think that you know D. Bolt and others stole Ohio. Right. But but this this got the election close enough to where they could steal it with minimal muss and fuss.
1: But there were a whole set of issues in that election as well. I mean, the fear card was played, the national security card was played, and Kerry, let's face it, was a flawed candidate for a number of reasons. And I personally would just like it, and this is one of the frustrations I've had with Obama recently, where, you know, we had this decision in California on gay marriage, and he said, well, you know, I think it's okay, I respect the decision of the court, but I'm not necessarily for it. And I really think that Kerry and Obama uh, would have been better served by just saying we're for gay marriage because I get the impression that they both were Um, and regardless of what's going to happen, they're still going to be painted as that by the right anyways, regardless
0: of what either of them said or what Obama says. Well let's, let's go through, uh, you may be more up on this than I am because I haven't followed it in detail, but uh, the, the, the court decision that came down was in essence repealing state laws or also Prop 22, or both? Uh,
1: the decision that came down ruled that Proposition 22 was unconstitutional. Right, um, and we should
0: remind listeners what Prop 22 was, prop- I know you did a radio piece on it. Let's yes. refresh people's memories. Uh,
1: Proposition 22 was a defensive marriage act, which basically said marriage in California is between a man and a woman. Um, And we are not going to recognize any gay marriage out of any other state. Now, the California Supreme Court, which is a very conservative court, uh, said that no, this doesn't jive, that you have to treat people equally underneath the law. And that either means open up marriage to everyone or marriage to no one. Um, And it was a very, in my opinion, a very well-reasoned decision and one that a lot of people can't really argue with because it it came down on the side of equal rights, which is very clearly stated in both the state and national constitutions.
0: However, at this moment in time, Proposition 8 is expected to be on the November ballot, which is an effort to then rescind the court decision and basically go back to Prop 22 and state that a marriage is between a man and a woman.
1: Right, and uh, you know, obviously I disagree with this, but I think that when you look at the experience of states like Massachusetts, which has had gay marriage since 2004, Uh, I believe in 06 they tried to push a similar constitutional amendment, similar to the lines that had been passed in a number of other states, and once the gay marriage genie is out of the gay marriage bottle, um, it's very hard to put back in. And The exact same thing happened in Massachusetts. It happened there, the sky did not fall, and then all of a sudden the people who were you know, talking fire and brimstone, the world is going to end if all these gay people are getting married, suddenly didn't have a leg to stand on. So, I think the California decision is good because it pushes the national discourse further and shows people that this really isn't that big of a deal well,
0: let's start with November and and work backwards uh, I, I would I would share your your view that mm-hmm. we would be better off with an Obama presidency come next January. But again, we come back to the, the the issue of swing states, and right now is this going to help and And I must say I've expressed this opinion before, and we'll do so right mm-hmm. now again. I'm a little suspicious about the timing.
1: All the swing states have, with the exception of
0: Florida, have already passed constitutional amendments. They've gone state by state. And they also, they also have big plans to make this an, a national constitutional amendment. But
1: that's ne- it's not going to happen, not with the Democrats are, in charge of
0: Congress. There's no sure? way to get
1: off the ground. No, no. I mean, the, the Republicans, they made it their issue in '04, even though it didn't make that big of a difference. And now there's, they can't play that card anymore
0: particularly are, are, in states are you, like that, like are you, not, are you not worried that in the event that this this goes forward in California, there will not this will initiate a backlash across the country?
1: You know, I think that the culture in the last four years has moved so dramatically, um, and I think that people are finally starting to tune into the fact that there is a war going on, that the economy is in ruins, that there are much bigger fish to fry now than. Two dudes wanting to get married.
0: Well, but exactly my point. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't progressive-minded people who wish to see gay rights go forward just let this go for six more months? But why? I mean, it's always losing the election. No, is why. it's always it.
1: This is the thing that frustrates me about your viewpoint. It's always framed as well. You, you people just need to wait and you know wait till the next election. And it's always the next election. I'm, I'm, I'd be, I'd be satisfied just to say, well, can you wait till January twentieth? The thing is, we didn't have a choice in the timing, and the court came and r- court
0: ruled when it wanted to well, rule. Well, let's, let's look into that right and now. And well, Let, let's okay. pause, let's pause, and just take okay. a look at that. Being conspiratorial minded at times, and we would like to again refresh our listeners' mm. uh, uh, memories that the great quote we have on this came from John Dean, which we didn't manage to record. Mm. We was talking about Watergate and various conspiracies in government. He said, you know, when, regarding, I don't believe in conspiracies except for the ones that are real. Now, I don't know if this one's are real or not, but I'm looking at a, at a website right now that, I'd like you to come over and just, come over from your mic to my mic over here and take a look at this. All right, I'm standing at your mic. You're standing in front of the computer screen. I've pulled up a list of the bios of the judges that ruled on this. And it's really odd because here in the California Supreme Court, this uh, pro-gay marriage decision is being handed down by Joyce Kennard, Republican, Catherine Wirtigar, Republican, Ronald George, Republican, and one Democrat, Carlos Moreno. These these are not the people I would expect to have the best interests of the gay rights movement at heart. Have you lost your mind, Doug? Uh, Not that I could see, no. No, this is insane.
1: You are spouting crazy here. The court. What well, you've, you've have never you read? Seen, you've the, never, have you read the decision? No, I haven't. Okay. But you've never it's, seen. You've never a,
0: seen partisan politics being enacted by Supreme Court judges. No, of course, never.
1: But, <laughs> but the the thing is, have if, if you read the decision? It's over a hundred pages of well reasoned, well argued, uh, points. Now, you know, I mean, if these uh, they they ruled the way that they had to rule, they actually did their job and interpreted the Constitution of California. Properly.
0: Well, there's three other judges that would disagree, though. It was a four to three decision,
1: right? Well, yes, it was a narrow decision, which again highlights the importance of getting the right Supreme Court justices. But um, you know, I mean, the idea that this is some kind of grand conspiracy that's going—you know—it it, it doesn't make sense because California is a state that is not going to. Uh, it's never been a swing. It's not going to be a swing state in this election, regardless. No, it's, solidly, it's going to it's go going blue. It's going to solidly blue. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it just doesn't make a whole. I, I personally
0: can't see that. I think all I would say is having witnessed numerous election cycles and how things can be swung by the smallest of issues. For example, I think back to Michael Dukakis's twenty-point lead over George Bush forty-one that evaporated by the time election election came around and. Richard Nixon having a commanding lead back in 68, and yet that was a, that was a nail-biter when it came to Humphrey at, at the end, that it doesn't take that much to swing an election. And, you know, we've talked about the website 270towin.com where people can interact and see. And, and right now, it looks like Obama, even giving him Ohio, is just squeaking by.
1: Well, okay. I mean, elections are close. It's what happens. But gay marriage is not going to be the thing that loses it for Obama if Obama loses, which I don't I think. I am if,
0: absolutely not convinced that you're correct in that. I believe it I believe this could swing the election.
1: No. There's no way. There's what what states is going to turn voters out to swing it to to swing.
0: Come on over to the computer again, okay. my boy. Okay. Let's take a look. We got 270 to win pulled up on the screen. And we're taking a look at it, and uh, this is assuming right now that Colorado and New Mexico can be swung blue, that Iowa can be swung blue, and that New Hampshire can be kept blue. It went to, it went to Bush in, in 2000 because of Ralph Nader. But anyway, even figuring Ohio is blue, it's now 293 to 245. If we swing Ohio with a click of the mouse... It's 273 to 268. Very close election.
1: Right, but there's no uh, initiative on gay marriage on the ballot in Ohio. So gay marriage has absolutely nothing to do with the state of Ohio. So your point is kind of lost.
0: Well, I'm not sure. Looking at this map right now with one mouse click in Iowa, I swung the election to John McCain.
1: I know, but there's no gay marriage initiative on the ballot in Iowa either, Doug.
0: Well, that's true, but I'm just wondering how some of these photo ops of people getting married on the the steps of the city hall in San Francisco is going to play in Des Moines.
1: I think that the pictures of people committing themselves to each other uh, only furthers the idea The uh, that gay people are just like everyone else, and I really resent the implication that people pursuing their rights, their constitutional rights, is somehow going to drag this country and the Democratic Party under, because we have been made a scapegoat.
0: Well, by, by way of follow up, when you when you're back in New York, we probably should, uh, as election draws near, mm-hmm. go over what what those what those states are, because I'm not sure what those are either. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but, but there are like what a ten or twelve. Oh, uh, less than that, I believe.
1: All I right. mean, the the majority of the states have already voted on this, and you know, at some point, um, it'll eventually work its way up to the Supreme Court, um, and you know, who knows what happens there. But I think that the California decision definitely because it was put forth by conservative justices, takes a lot of teeth out of the argument from social conservatives that, you know, the world is going to end because of this. Um, And I think moving forward, people will just see it and come to accept it as normal. And I think even in the last four years, polling has shown that, you know, more and more people are coming around to the idea that this is
0: not really a big issue, especially when you have people dying every day in Iraq. I, I certainly agree with you, and I certainly think there are there are bigger fish to fry. I mean, this is certainly uh, an issue that resonates with many people, but on the list of things that are, that are, like, threatening us right now in the world, from global warming, the war in Iraq, the economy right on down the line, this is not on the front burner necessarily. No. No, not at all. Um, so I'm thinking, can we just let it go? Can we give it a
1: rest for nine months? Why, though? I mean, I understand the point that you're trying to make here about pragmatism. But the fact is, the ruling happened when it happened. And would it have, you know, been better nine months from now? I don't know. But this is the reality that we live in today. And I think that it's good. And I would actually prefer if Obama and the Democratic Party stuck up for what they believed in a little bit more instead of pandering to the right. Because when you say, oh, well, this should have happened nine months from now, and we can't talk about this right now, and we, we can't take a firm position on this, all you're doing is you're you're playing defense, and you need to play offense. Well, you need to get out in front of the issue and say, "Gay people are just like everyone else. They are not going to come and destroy." I mean, I don't, you know. I mean, you know the propaganda that's out there. Yeah. The... Uh,
0: yes. Yes, I am familiar with uh, the works of Jesse Helms and others over the years, but um, and may he, God rest his soul. Too. <laughs> well, as, as I we said, mean, there was a, we real... said, a couple weeks ago. We're quite confident he's burning in hell now. <laughs> but. Uh, but no, I mean, on this program, I think people understand that, uh, you know, we are not, uh, we're not taking a stand against your position here. I just, we just, I, I wouldn't mind, as much as we hate politicians, I wouldn't mind a little pandering for the next four months just to get Obama in the 270 plus column electoral college so that we can have him as president.
1: I think that the only way that that is going to happen is if Obama continues to not be the conventional politician and take stands that are different, you know. I think people in this country really do want the kind of change uh, that's trademarked that he's talking about, and I think that he just needs to stand firmly on the side of what's right instead of trying to do this, like, Clintonian triangulation and this kind of John Kerry flip-flopping. Just stand firm for what you believe in. But I don't think that you're, you know, anti-gay, Doug. I'll give you a pass on that.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And you know, I can't, re- I can't resist uh, interjecting at this point, one of the best lines anybody ever laid on me about me was that, you know, you know a suspiciously large number of show tunes for a supposedly straight guy. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, all things considered, it's been shown we, you and I uh, agree far more than we disagree.
1: This is true. Even though you're wrong, on this particular.
0: All right. Well, that, you know, that's the beauty about, you know, a program like this is that we're willing to put people on that'll tell us we're wrong. <laughs> and I'm more than happy to do it. I, I knew you would be. Well, I think we're, we're about doing it on time. I know you'll be back again before the fall election to talk about, uh, well, we'll bring the two coasts together on this.
1: Most definitely.
0: But let's, uh, let's, pl- let's plug your program on Sirius one more time. Oh,
1: right. Uh, it'll be airing 2 p.m. on Saturday on Sirius Out Q109. And if you go to Sirius.com, you can sign up for a free three-day trial and listen online.
0: Oh, I'm sure some listeners are going to want to do that. You know, I strongly encourage them to do so. He's our New York City correspondent and one of our civil rights correspondents and was my former boss at KDVS when he was the general manager, Stephen Valentino. Thanks for coming back to talk to us about some of this. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to being on the show again. We look forward to having you.